Welcome to Through the Bible with Pastor Michael, a podcast from First Baptist Church in Mustang, Oklahoma. Here's Pastor Michael. Good morning. Today we continue our study through the book of Acts as we look at Acts chapter 4, 5, and 6. And as we're going through the book of Acts, you know, one of the things that really um, is compelling to me is this, this juxtaposition between the, the simplicity of what God's people are doing and the magnitude of what God is accomplishing through it. When you read here in these first six chapters that we've read so far in the book of Acts, and you say, what are the people doing? What are the people of God doing that, that seems to be, by God's grace, having such a big impact? Well, they're, they're meeting together, they're praying, they're devoting themselves to teaching, they are remembering the sacrifice of the Lord through the Lord's Supper. They are spending time in worship. And then the impact of them having been with the Lord is making these common, ordinary men um, f- freed up for the Lord to use them in such amazing ways. It really is this, this very interesting dichotomy. You've got simplicity. Um, of what the people are doing, and then this large magnitude of how the Lord is blessing it and using it. And it just it just makes me want to all the more um, redouble my efforts as an individual to just doing the simple things that God has called believers to do. It helps me want to just make sure through the church I serve that I get to uh, the, the privilege of, of preaching and pastoring them, to just lead them in the simple, daily, weekly habits of God's people, and then just trust the Lord to do uh, with that whatever He chooses to do. Five observations from our reading today. Number one, the preaching of the gospel sometimes leads to conversions and other times to persecution. This is something else very striking to me. Um, Peter preaches, and he's going to get thousands of converts. Um, Soon, Stephen, through his faithful preaching, is going to be stoned to death. It's the same gospel. It's the same message met with very different responses. Sometimes the apostle preaching, and and you see this outpouring of conversion. Other times, they're preaching and they are arrested and persecuted over it. Secondly, salvation is found in no other name than the name of Jesus. Acts 4 makes this so beautifully clear in verse 12. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Salvation is found in the person and the name only of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so it's His name we want to preach. It's His name we want to magnify. It's His name we want to call people to trust in, to turn from their sin, and to call upon the name of the Lord. A third observation, Ananias and Sapphira lie and try to only appear holy, and it costs them their life. While the people there are living out uh, their their generosity and their love for the Lord and each other. Ananias and Sapphira sell this piece of property chapter 5 tells us about. And then it tells us in verse 3 of chapter 5 
that they lied to the Holy Spirit. And just a verse down in verse 4, it says, You have not lied to man, but to God. Incidentally, here's one of the places where the Bible makes clear that the Holy Spirit is God. They lied to the Holy Spirit, and it's then made clear that by lying to the Holy Spirit, they lied to God. And they they want to appear holy. They want to appear to be um, sold out to the things of the Lord. Uh, in reality, they had made an agreement with themselves to just play the part and it end up costing them their life. In fact, one of the real ominous statements of the New Testament is found here in Acts 5, um, <clears throat> in verse 9, where it says, Behold, the feet of those who have buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out. And then Ananias and Sapphira, um, who try to appear holy, pay for it with their life. Verse four, or Observation 4, the apostles were arrested, but then set free by the Lord. It's in chapter 5. Um, the enemies, the opponents of the Lord, do everything they can to stop the preaching, to stop the disciples. And yet again, we just see the Lord can accomplish His purpose however He, he chooses to. Um, the apostles are just preaching the gospel. They're just doing the simple things they were called to do. And as a result of their simple obedience, the Lord chose sovereignly to uh, magnify the greatness of His power uh, by having them released and set free. Number five, the early church established servants, allowing the apostles to focus on prayer and the ministry of the Word. We see that in chapter 6, verse 4. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and the ministry of the Word. And so they set aside uh, a few servants that can help take care of some practical needs, allowing the apostles to focus on prayer and the ministry of the Word. This leads into uh, some very important applications for us today. Number one, True believers cannot help but speak of the things of God. That's chapter 4, verse 20, uh, that, that well-known verse uh, where it says that uh, whether it's right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge, for we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. If you really want boldness in your life, spend time with Jesus. If you really want to get to where sharing the gospel is a natural thing for you and not frightening, spend time with Jesus. Because those who spend time with the Lord cannot help but speak and act on the things that they have seen and experienced. Number two, faithfulness, not results, must be our focus. Faithfulness, not results must be our focus. We are to be faithful to teach, faithful to preach, faithful to proclaim the truth, and then we leave the results in God's hands. And, and whether the results are um, like Peter, when, when all these people are responding, or whether the results are like Stephen, um, we leave the results to God. We are to focus on faithfulness. Um, the, the result is the work of the Holy Spirit. 
Um, we can plant, we can water, but only God gives the increase. We can prepare the horse for battle, but victory belongs to the Lord. And so, you know, I think about that in, in our churches today, in our culture where um, churches want to, or pastors even want to measure um, their success, so to speak, by how known they are or uh, by how large their congregation is, whatever it may be. And, and here's the truth of the matter. Um, just focus on faithfulness. The Lord will take care of the results. The Lord may have a ministry for one church um, that's a ministry largely of conversion. He may have a ministry of another church uh, that is that is largely a church that suffers persecution. And in both places, in both ways, uh, the name of the Lord is magnified. Um, and so we don't want to be churches or individuals that live our life chasing results. Instead, pursue faithfulness. Let the results of our faithfulness be in the Lord's hands. Um, let's not be prideful when we have visible fruit. Let's not be envious when someone else has more visible fruit than we do. Let's just be faithful. Faithful in our families, faithful in our churches, faithful in our pulpits, uh, faithful in our day-to-day -day living, and then allow the, the Spirit of God to do with that faithfulness whatever He sees fit. Number three, jealousy is a breeding ground that leads to all kinds of rebellion. In chapter 5, verse 17, it says, But the high priest rose up, and all who were with him, that is, the party of the Sadducees, and filled with jealousy, they arrested the apostles and put them in the public prison. When we act out in jealousy, it just becomes a breeding ground for all kinds of rebellion. And so let, let's be quick uh, to confess our sin. Let's be quick to confess our dependence upon the Lord. Let's be quick to celebrate wherever, however, whoever the Lord chooses to magnify His name. Uh, you do not want to let your heart become a breeding ground for jealousy. Number four, our ultimate, our ultimate authority is always God, not men. I want to show you uh, two verses from the reading today. Verse 29, But Peter and the apostles answered, We must obey God rather than men. We want to obey our authorities that God puts in front of us, but if those authorities cross the line and cause us to do what God forbids, or if they try to forbid us from doing what God commands, then we have to do what God has called us to do. In verse 42, And every day in the temple and from house to house, they did not cease teaching and preaching that the Christ is Jesus. So they were threatened. Um, they've been put in prison. They've been threatened again. And they simply say, look, we, we have to obey God. We'll obey you as long as we can. We'll obey the authority, um, humanly speaking, as, as long as we can. But when you forbid me from doing what God commands, and when you command me to do what God forbids, then make no mistake, our allegiance is to God, not to men. And after they say that, they prove it. They live it as a just keep preaching the gospel. Again, sometimes their ministry resulted in conversion. Other times their ministry resulted in persecution. Either way, they just 
focused on being faithful, leaving the results in the hands of God. And then fifthly, the body functions best when people serve according to God's purposes. Chapter 6, there are some who need to help with daily distribution and meeting needs. Uh, there are others who need to focus on the preaching of the word um, and to prayer. And so what you see here in the early church is they, they try to organize themselves by priority and, and by who could function best within that, that body of believers. And so everyone needs to have a servant's heart. But, but some are able to use their, uh, their spiritual gifts in ways um, that other people can't. And so everybody just needs to function how God has arranged the body. There are some things in my life as a pastor um, that, that I don't do. So my mornings, um, I try to guard for, for study. Um, it's not because there are other things that I could do that, that are valid and legitimate things to do. But my primary way, not the only, but my primary way that I serve my church is by feeding them um, the Word of God. Well, that takes a lot of time. That takes a lot of effort. It takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of study. It takes a lot of prayer. It takes a lot of, of priority to do that. And so there are some things... That, that I have to say no to. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday mornings, I'm, I'm devoted to study. And there are things that I just have to purposefully neglect in order to do that. Um, however, there are plenty of other things in ministry that need to be taking place during those times, which is why I'm so thankful that God has so arranged not only our, our staff and, and, and other team members that are here at the church every day, but also church members who are faithfully serving the Lord right where He's called them to serve. Um, on Sunday, uh, I get to my office early. I pray for myself. I pray for a number of other churches, another n n a number of other friends of mine who pastor. I'm looking over my notes. I'm preparing to teach. Um, I'm purposefully neglecting everything else except prayer and preparation on early Sunday morning. However, we've got to have the doors open. We've got to have lights turned on. We've got to have things clean. We've got to have things ready to go for hundreds of people to show up on Sunday. And so it's not that I'm more important than somebody else on Sunday morning. I'm just doing what God's called me to do, whereas other people are using their gifts, their talents, their place in the body to do what they're supposed to do. And when everybody does what they're supposed to do, uh, the body of Christ works and functions beautifully. And so um, your gifts may be up in front of people. Don't conclude from that, um, that that you're worth more on the side of God than other people are. Your gifts may be more behind the scenes where people don't see or know who you are. Don't conclude from that that you're unimportant or don't have value. Just Just serve how God's gifted you, where God's gifted you. And like we see in Acts 6, let people serve tables. Let people meet daily, physical, tangible needs of others. Let others who are uniquely gifted to teach and to preach focus on that. And then, through everybody, God is glorified. Uh, the church is built and established, and the Lord does what He does. And then our summary from uh, Proverbs 10, verses 1 to 16 
live life so that godly people are blessed by the thought of you. Look, the unbelieving world, they're going to think of you whatever they may. Pay that no mind. But when God's people think of you, when God's people uh, remember you, live in such a way that those who know the Lord and love the Lord, they're blessed when they see you, blessed when they think of you. Not for the sake ultimately of your name, but for the sake of his name whom we serve. Enjoy your study today.